This is Women's Soccer Spotlight, a podcast featuring the stories of women playing, coaching, and working in soccer. I'm your host, Sam Weber, and the goal of this show is to contribute to the ongoing dialogue about gender bias by highlighting inspirational stories of those who have forged careers in women's soccer and exposing unbelievable moments of discrimination. This week's episode features When Girls Become Lions authors Joe Kadlasek and Valerie Jin. When Girls Became Lions is really a celebration of women's friendship against the backdrop of Title IX and sport history. So it's one of the first title, really it's the only Title IX novel we know of, um, and it and it tells the story of two coaches in two time periods who um, are having to uh, to deal with all of the challenges that we know happen for women in mm-hmm. athletics um, who are up against, you know, a lot of stereotypes and a lot of people who don't want to see them succeed or have the opportunities to play. But we also, it's a, we also see in our novel um, those folks who are willing to endure a lot to make sure we get the opportunities yep. to play. So it deals with, with all of those issues. Um, and, and I think even more, we've even had readers tell us that they, they realized that this was a novel that was about a whole lot of things. Oh, and then soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which has been great, which is exactly what we want. Don't you think, Val? What am I missing? Well, so the book is mainly about two coaches and their teams. And so the yeah. book starts off um, in 2007 uh, with a new coach uh, that is coaching at her alma mater. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's very excited. She was a D1 player and very excited to be the first uh, female coach to take her team to the state championship game. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's relegated to go to a funeral of uh, a former coach and nobody else wants to go because they're too busy. School just started. Mm -hmm. And because she's the low person on the totem pole, she's relegated to represent the department. So she goes reluctantly, and uh, she finds out as she's sitting in the pew about uh, Coach Bailey, who actually was the first uh, girls' soccer coach at her school. Hmm. But Hmm. she had never heard of Coach Bailey, nor did she ever hear of this championship team. And so she hears um, former players really talking about their coach, and she just can't believe it. And so the book goes on from there, and so she starts – um, trying to find out is this true and then she gets to meet some of the former players on Coach Bailey's team who are now um, still living in the town uh, own, their biz- own their own businesses or run their own um, agencies and so she learns a lot about herself um, and she learns about um, how these women who were girls at the time just really wanted the opportunity to play and the real um, relationships that they forged. Uh, it wasn't just about soccer, mm-hmm. um, but they were life, lifelong friendships. And perhaps um, she's yearning for that herself because she didn't have that same experience. Um, mm-hmm. And so the yeah. book goes back and forth. Uh, I won't give it all away, um, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's a story that Joe and I always wanted to read. So um, both of us are voracious readers um, and I read every 
every sports story when I was a kid in the library. Um, and they were all about boy, boys, boys, boy protagonists. And um, now that I'm a middle-aged woman, I'm still reading about male protagonists. <laughs> and so Joe and I thought um, it was about time to to start a new genre of books that feature um, women as mm. the protagonists in these stories. So we're hoping, uh, this is just one book, we're hoping that other people get excited and start writing more books. Um, other, other former English majors like <laughs> yourself, huh? Yep. How about that? And um, you should know too, Sam, that um, Coach Bailey Crawford is is a man, and he has he he has reluctantly agreed to coach the first girls team in 1983. He has twins, a boy and a girl, mm -hmm. and he'd always coached the boys, and but he, now he he has to coach his his daughter, and it's so it also shows you what happens to the men in our lives who have always supported us, um, and. And we've been really happy to hear from a lot of dads and a lot of uh, male coaches mm -hmm. who have picked up the book and and have realized what it what it really can mean for women and girls to get the opportunities that you know these pioneers gave them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the book sounds amazing. Uh, I can't wait to to read it. Um, and really dig into the story more. But it's something that really stands out to me just because um, for me, when I was playing in college, um, my junior year, actually, um, our coach, we were going into the NCAA tournament for the first, for the third time ever, but the first time in a very long time. And right before we did that, um, our coach actually reached out to a ton of alumni um, on our team and had them each write a letter to the player currently wearing their number. Wow. Um, oh, and <laughs> yeah, what a great story, which was awesome. Um, and actually it turns out that the, the player that actually wrote to me ended up marrying someone with the same last name as me. And she had a two year old daughter with my name. Um, so her daughter was named Samantha Weber as well. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, other things that kind of tie us together, live in the same area. Um, but also See, during real life is, is better than fiction sometimes. <laughs> it's true. Um, but also during that season, we really oh. got connected with an alumni who had actually started the program at Grove City at my college. Um, and I've stayed in close contact with her. And I just really appreciate um, being able to kind of look back on the history and other women that have gone before my generation, much younger generation, um, who really paved the way. Um, and it's cool to look back. And Joe, you were saying that you started kind of the program at Geneva College, which is actually in my conference. Um, mm. and so tell us a little bit about that and, and maybe... Um, did that influence the story behind this book at all? Um, wanting to kind of go back and connect with people that had kind of been part of the first teams um, that were really supporting women. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I think I think Val and I we, Val and I met at um, a college just north of Boston, mm -hmm. and but we had known of each other for a while through different friends, and so we kept talking about the opportunity that, or, or we kept talking about the lack of books yep. like Val said that that really did communicate you know tell our story if right. you will and so so I'm not sure it I think we both drew on our own experiences Val is a way better coach and <laughs> um, athlete than I ever hoped to be um, and and but but I I left coaching to pursue writing so yep. we were a good team yeah so, totally agree much. Um, so yes yeah, so so I um I started the the club team at Geneva just because I wanted to play soccer. I'd come from UNC, 
Mm-hmm. And so everybody now is going to be really impressed when they know I played soccer <laughs> at UNC, except except that it was Northern Colorado. Um, <laughs> and and so I played club club soccer at UNC, and um, and and then went to Geneva for a little bit, and they didn't have a team, so I wanted to play. So and you know at the time, and I I know Val can speak to this too. When when you're playing, you're just wanting to play. You're not right. thinking. Hey, maybe someday this will be really great fodder for yeah. a novel. But you know, we certainly both drew from our own experiences as college athletes and college coaches. Because I also helped start the another program in Denver mm-hmm. um, at a, at Colorado Christian University there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we we both you know were a part of the athletic world because we just loved sports. Um, and so I think we both drew on our own experiences as well as those of of our friends and. Um, good and bad, you know, <laughs> of the experiences that we've we've seen, good and bad, in 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 trying to, you know, get to the place that we are today. I mean, it's it's amazing to me to think of the opportunities that so many women have to get to play, but have no idea that it was ever different. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I think that's and I something. Still remember, I mean, yeah, because I rem- I mean, literally, we had to raise money for our. <laughs> um, for our uniforms, we had to do a zillion bake sales just to get gas, you know, to pay for gas, to drive ourselves to games, yep. to pay referees, you know. I mean, so it's it, it's really, you know, we, we really hope that your generation especially just picks up the novel and realizes, you know, there's there's a whole lot of um, folks who paved the way for for today's opportunities, and maybe that will make them better athletes, more appreciative, more grateful, more, you know, um, uh, more caring human beings as well for others who, as they pave the way for for the next generation. Yeah, that I mean, and that's something that I think I really appreciate. And uh, like I was telling you before, like I do a weekly call with five women who are a lot older than me that have kind of been part of a similar generation as you, who've really started um, a lot of the programs that. Um, my generation's been pretty blessed to, to enjoy, um, and everything, but yeah, it's, I think more people in my generation definitely need to hear some of the stories. And I think that was the biggest eye-opening thing for me is that, um, through different projects that I'm working on, I've gotten connected with more women in the game, um, in your generation. Mm -hmm. And it opened up a whole new world for me. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, it's not necessarily that these younger players, I think, are unappreciative. It's that they actually just don't, they don't have access to that generation as much. Um, and so that's yeah. one thing I've really been trying to do either through this podcast or different projects I work on is like connecting people that are either my teammates or friends or things like that to some of these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this book is a great way to kind of pass that along too. Um, Val, maybe tell us just a little bit about um, yeah, what you hope this book does uh, as well. Well, I guess we hope that people enjoy the book, first of all. Um, But from what we've heard from different readers is it conjures up memories, Mm -hmm. uh, good memories. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a lot of people laugh and cry as they read the book. um, And so it provokes a lot of emotions, Mm -hmm. I think, for men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we hope that it makes uh, fathers better fathers, coaches better coaches, (laughs) Friends, better friends, and teammates, better teammates. Yep. Um, and I guess, too, um, you know, this is one book, and we're hoping that, you know, this is just the beginning of many, many other books 
um, that feature women um, and mm-hmm. tell our story. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I think there's so well, many and, and stories just, to be told, too, as well. Uh, I, I agree with that, too. Like, I hope that this is uh, something that people read and then um, maybe other stories do kind of pop out of this. It's like, hey, I, I have a story that's worth telling or someone reads it um, and they know someone who has a story that's worth telling, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and especially, you know, why can't there also be novels? Why can't there yep. be fiction? I mean, uh, when, when Val and I first started approaching publishers about this, they loved the idea, they read the manuscript, they gave us great feedback, and then they said, but we can't figure out where it goes in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it women's fiction or is it sports fiction? Right. Is it contemporary fiction or is it historic fiction? Mm-hmm. And we said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, but they, there's, because there is... When when you think of sports fiction, it's it's very male dominated, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that's just because women athletes don't read, whatever <laughs> you know. So I th- that's why you know it's we're so honored that we got to ex- explore this story and put this novel out there, and like Val said, it would be it'd be fantastic to see it become a genre so that others begin to write novels and biographies and memoirs and you name it so that there's a whole women's sports section in the bookstore yeah um because there certainly are a lot of women athletes and people who support women athletes who care about um getting the getting good stories and reading good stories so yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think uh, with the Olympics going on right now as well, like uh, I think some of the best parts of the Olympics is kind of learning the backstories of a lot of these uh, professional mm. athletes. Absolutely. And people love a, a, great a story where, you know, you're overcoming adversity or, um, you know, there were so many reasons why this shouldn't work out and just yeah. that relentless pursuit That's right. of a vision. Um, and I think this also kind of sits nicely uh, in terms of that too. Like people love those kind of true stories or stories that are based off of something um, as well. And, and I like this because it shows kind of the struggle um, that, yeah, women have gone through in history with soccer specifically, um, but other sports experience that as well. Right. Um, and just, well, and that's exact, that's yeah. exactly why Sam, sorry. Um, that's exactly why it's even called when girls became lions. Yep. You know, it's, it's that, that first time they actually get to become represent their school yep. um, as the talk about underdogs and completely <laughs> marginalized, but they they get to represent their school who have you know their mascot is lions. So it's this it's this beautiful scene. Oh, I better not talk about it. I get <laughs> I get choked up with that that scene in particular. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> of course, I get I get choked up over most of this. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, it's Don't great. Head, it's so. great timing too. I mean, just with um, how many conversations I think that are really on the forefront of of soccer and women's soccer right now too. Everyone's kind of talking, um, even through these Olympics too, just about like the coverage um, of the women's game um, and other female athletes and things like that, or how women are being portrayed in the media and how comparing that to how men are as well. Um, and that's not to put men yeah. down by any means, but I think there is this kind of um, this this movement that's kind of building right now in this point in history and everything um and i think 
it's it's great timing for this book as well just because people are talking about this topic so much and that's the whole point of this podcast too is like hey can we highlight more stories of women who are making an impact on soccer um in a positive way so inspirational stories but then also finding stories of where women haven't been treated the best um always and kind of pointing that out um and kind of gently showing people that um you know we still have a long way to go as well um right so i think it's great that, that this book kind of sits in that um yeah how when you guys were kind of putting this out there and everything like how have you um really tried to to pull this into kind of the current narrative that's that's going on right now in the media and things like that um you know with the women's team <laughs> uh you know fighting for more equal pay equal play all that stuff um in mm. your mind um where does this kind of sit in that conversation well it certainly offers um it, it, it offers a good element of context as well as encouragement, we yeah. think, um, in, the midst, in the midst of that, we hope, because it does exactly what you were just talking about, and that's, you know, um, showing the story of enduring, of mm-hmm. pursuing the goal, of, of um, really working hard to achieve the things that, you know, we've always wanted to do um, for, for the sake of the game, for the sake of friendships, for the sake of so many things. So, so we've been trying to get the word out more. Um, but you're, you know, Val and I pretty much, and you now are our marketing team and, um, (laughs) no pressure, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but so we're, we're, we're working hard to, you know, we're trying to keep in touch with as many different people and get the book out to as many different folks. And, um, it's a great, when girls became lions is, it would be a great, um, team book for a lot of, um, as as the seasons are starting just yeah. now, um, in fact, we've had several teams, you know, coaches are buying an entire team set so, yeah. so that their players can all have a, a copy. And Julie Foudy actually endorsed it. She was one of our very first um, uh, encouragements because yeah. she read a an early draft and was in tears. Yeah. And and so she's been really great. Um, so so we're really we've been working hard. It's 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 not even a year old yet. Our novel <laughs> isn't that crazy, Val? That it came out last September. So so it's not a year old, and we're we're still hoping you know that it it lands with a lot of folks who 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 get a sense of their own history and context, but are also encouraged. Um, to remember good stories of when they played or to encourage their own children or student athletes or teammates, you know, um, and on the same path. One of the great lines I think in the book is um, something Val's dad used to say to her, and I'll let you take it away. Well, he used to say, uh, you don't have to be the best, you just have to do your best. So I think that is, you know, what coach Bailey Crawford was telling his team they didn't really have a best. Right. And so it was just about really just putting out your best, uh, your best effort, your best person, your best attitude in everything. And um, yeah, that was a good mantra for me as a coach, as a player, and then later as a coach as well. Um, so it was good, good advice. Yeah, I think that's, so, that's great advice because, I mean, I think 
in the end of the, at the end of the day, like what um, makes sport or soccer such a an impactful part of each individual player's lives is is the life lessons that you learn. So you know, at some point, you do Absolutely. stop playing the game. But I think one thing that we we learn as athletes is if you do put your best effort forward, um, and you end up losing, you can walk away from that feeling satisfied. And I think that's a huge problem actually in kind of youth soccer today is that. Um, that's not always the case um, with kind of players graduating at the end of high school or things like that and feeling a little bit burnt out or that they were promised things that didn't come true and they did put that best effort mm-hmm. in and things like that. And I think um, that that's just such an important um, life lesson is is really drilling that into players too that like that if you do do your best and it doesn't work out that you can walk away and kind of continue to still right. lead a successful life um, and everything. So, Oh, actually, Sam, you know, you're hitting on something really important that as we've been marketing the book, um, I've, you know, we've come across so many, and you've probably seen some of this too, but so many new studies that are showing the impact of sports on women in particular and, and how, and how almost every woman CEO or woman in a position of leadership will reference her success to her time in college or high school athletics because it gave her an opportunity to um, not have to care about what she wore, to be um, (laughs) assertive, to, to be disciplined, to learn to work together with others, to, you know, to defy stereotypes. Um, And so it gave, you know, it builds this confidence and those life lessons that come from sport, obviously, especially for women can make a huge difference and we're seeing studies that are confirming that so and you're an example look at what you're doing yeah you go girl <laughs> keep, keep uh <laughs> keep working hard that's for sure yeah i've definitely yes. seen some of those reports and studies as well um especially yeah sea level women in companies um i forget what percentage of them have participated in um either high school or college athletics but uh it is a large majority of them um that's right. Yeah, I think that is definitely the best the best part of playing soccer or playing any type of sport um, as well, too. Um, so, cool. Well, thanks for so much for being on. I'll give you guys kind of the last word. Is there anything else that you kind of just like to, to share with everyone that's listening um, before we go? Well, you can find out more yeah, at com, or you can like our Facebook page, our When Girls Became Lions Facebook page. Or you could even follow us on Twitter, <laughs> but um, you know we we do we want to make the book as available as possible. So if coaches do want to get a team copy, that would be fantastic. Um, have a, a team discussion about it um, because we really, like Val said, we're really we'd love to see other novels and books like this out. You know, become a an actual genre. We because we we want like we said like she said we we really did write the book we wanted to read. Yeah. And we're hoping we're we're pretty sure there are other books out there that others want to read that aren't haven't been written yet. So, you know, we hope that it that it lands. It's a really it's a really near and dear to our heart story, um, and an important really important project that we got to work on together with it. So, um, yeah. So when girlsbecamelions.com, find out more about it. And Val, what's your last word here? as an internationally known sport ethicist <laughs> i guess we just I had to throw, i had to throw that yeah. in i had to throw that in we <laughs> applaud uh, women playing sports um yeah every level and to be able to encourage others to 
to tell their stories. And uh, so I guess we're, our wish is that we, we want people to read the book, obviously, but we would love for it to become a movie. We would love for other people to start writing, Sam. Yep. <laughs> and that in a lot of ways, what we battled against to get the book out is just, again, history repeating itself as this is a pioneer book about women and we can't find anybody that will publish it for yep. us and get the word out. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I think, again, we start our own movement and we can make our movement happen and it'll be things like books, things like podcasts, yep. things that we're doing just to celebrate and applaud uh, women being women um, and doing what they do best. And so thanks for having us on. Yes, thanks so much, Sam. Keep up the great work. Yeah. It's inspiring. Thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing your stories with us and, and the story of your book as well. We'll definitely make it available so people can easily get to your website uh, through the through the link to the podcast episode. So, thanks. Mm.